What are the manual processes that I'm doing over and over to then identify, actually, could I leverage automation in that aspect? Is there something out there that could help me utilize and and be more efficient and effective with my time? Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby, and my co-host today is Leanne Sarah Jones-Hunt. Welcome, Leanne. How are you today? Hi. Yes, I'm great. Thank you. Still on a high from our live summit that we did in New York a couple of weeks ago. So uh, what a great time we had. And it was just so great meeting our um, members and after two years on Zoom uh, to actually meet people face to face finally. Absolutely. It was amazing and quite surreal, actually, to people who we know already. We had about 20 of our clients from the States who got together in person in New York City two weeks ago and uh, people who we know really well but have never actually met in person. And to see them in three dimensions, be able to shake their hand and give them a hug was amazing. And also just how much more you can go in depth with topics when you've got two full days instead of, you know, uh, uh, just a weekly coaching call. So that was such a, you know, amazing experience. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So listen, topic for today. Do you want to announce it? Uh, Yes. So mistake number five is um, recruiters doing everything manually instead of leveraging automation. So we're going to go quite deep on this. Um, There's probably probably five or six different buckets that people fall into. It's probably a case maybe you've tried it, it hasn't worked for you, or you don't know where to start with it, or perhaps you are um, using automation but are wanting to level up. So there's probably different angles and opinions when it comes to automation. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. So we definitely today want to outline kind of the benefits of leveraging automation but also maybe highlight some of the pitfalls and and like the do's and don'ts because um, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword automation, right? If used well, it's such a fantastic uh, way to save time and be able to reach more people. Um, But if you do it wrong, then it kind of backfires. And I actually think that's the fear of that happening is one of the things that stops people from even attempting it, which which is a shame because it has, you know, it is so powerful. So um, let's maybe first talk about the benefits, like why, well, no, first let's talk about some of the ways that our clients are leveraging automation to make more placements and increase their billings. So I think the benefits of automation are the fact that you can really save time on your processes. I personally implemented automation in my recruitment business and saved 25 hours per week. And that didn't happen overnight. That was a compound effect. It grew organically. Um, It was quite reactive at times when I was implementing automation um, to parts of my process, such as the candidate sourcing and outreach side of things, um, which then resulted in the next phase of automation, which was dealing with the response rate. So um, in terms of the benefits, um, for me, I sort of wave the flag for any automation, be it a calendar tool, email automation, um, things that will just help you claw back time. Uh, It's absolutely amazing that now, to be clear, that 25 hours a week you save 
that was a combination of automation and delegation to a virtual team, right? But it wasn't that, um, you know, one-two punch and 25 hours a week. So how many were, hours were you working prior to that? And what did you get it down to? Roughly around 55 to 60. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a game changer for my business. Um, and, you know, I was the same in terms of what people perhaps are feeling now is you know maybe a bit wary of automation and wondering whether you know you have to be a tech whiz to make it work and you know these tools and platforms now have such support that they give um that and, and you know tutorials and youtube videos as well but um essentially they are appealing to people who are wanting to take that first step and yeah i do think um as I said, you know, I'm a huge advocate for automation when used correctly. 100%. So it's interesting you say, like, when you're working 55, 60 hours a week, that's probably what many recruiters are working, especially business owners, and they might be even working longer than that. So, you know, this is such, like, we can't emphasize enough the power of automation for saving of time. So if you're trying to do everything manually, like you're reaching out one at a time to candidates to tell them about a job or one at a time to potential clients to try and spark a conversation. You know, this is definitely a game changer. Yeah, I do think another benefit is that it does create a smoother experience for a candidate and client. Um, if they're going through a process and um, actually you're able to follow up with them with the use of automation, it just means getting to that appointment and actually that sort of personalized touch and human touch being on the phone is a much quicker process. And, you know, if you're not um, perhaps utilizing automation, you may be see that people are falling through the net and actually you're not getting to them in time. So essentially you're doing a disservice perhaps to your market if you're um, not utilizing automation because you as one person or perhaps a small team only has so much bandwidth. Absolutely. Great point, Leanne. Um, the third benefit I think is that it helps you to get off that feast and famine roller coaster because uh, and I had this conversation with uh, a potential client two days ago, and they said that they it was like get a job, fill a job, get a job, fill a job, and you know when you're focused on delivery, then you've kind of got the blinders on, and you're just trying to get coverage to that particular opening and serve the client and deliver on your promises there and get across the finish line. And the business development activity falls by the wayside. And then you fill the job or heaven forbid, you don't fill it, but it gets filled internally or from some other source, or it falls away for whatever reason, that's even worse because now you have nothing in the pipeline and you have nothing, no fees on the board either. But in any either case, you're now scrambling to rev up the engine and get back to business development. We see this cycle so, so often for recruiters and recruitment business owners. So what automation enables is that in the background, you have both your candidate sourcing and your business development uh, machines are just running all of the time on autopilot consistently in the background so that when you're turning your attention to delivering on, you know, high priority searches, the business development doesn't stop. It's continuing. And that's going to really be a game changer in terms of allowing people to level up their, their billings. 
Absolutely. It's a competitive advantage there. And also, I think the thing we haven't honed in on is the fact that automation gives you a platform to really look at your metrics and ratios as well. Um, something that you can't do if you're doing that manually, well, not easily anyway, but automation, for example, if um, specifically email automation can give you the intel and the data to do with whether your emails um, that uh, the open rate, the reply rate, are they doing what they should do in terms of the response? rate from your target audience as well yeah exactly like if you're sending out manual emails one at a time you're really not uh, able to discern whether those messages are in fact working whether they're effective because there's just not enough volume uh, to run a proper test and say like this email is getting a good response rate or, you know, whereas with automation and the automation platforms that we use with our clients, um, you get that intelligence and that insight. So, you know, your open rate, you know, your response rate, you know, how many appointments you're booking and you can test and tweak your messaging to optimize everything you're doing. And if you're just guessing and you're sort of putting messages out there and hoping, you know, and sometimes you get a response and you you place a candidate and that's awesome, but you could have gotten an even stronger response if you were more scientific about, you know, the message, the, the uh, subject line, the call to action and so on. Um, Leanne, something I, I wanted to highlight regarding automation in terms of um, a benefit as well is we're not saying in any way that this replaces the using the telephone or more personal approaches. Like we're huge advocates of sending personalized videos, for example, via LinkedIn messaging or via email or even via text message um, or picking up the phone and making that follow-up call. So it doesn't replace the personal touch, but what it does is it allows you to actually be more personal because you can invest your time in the right uh, areas within your business and, you know, concentrate, be more effective. So just making pure cold calls into your marketplace, whether they're candidate, you know, recruiting calls or, you know, marketing business development calls is probably not an effective use of your time because, you know, it's harder to get people on a call these days and you have to make a lot more outbound calls to get that conversation. So, if instead you're um, using automation at the top end of your funnel and then using the telephone uh, to spend time with either candidates and clients who are already expressing an interest and have booked an appointment with you, that's a high value use of your time, right? Because those are the people who've raised their hand and responded to your automation. Uh, or number two, to follow up and further uh, like add that extra touch points to your recruiting process or your sales process, um, I think it's going to be a much more effective use of people's time. Yeah, I completely agree. It's to supplement rather than replace. And I did a, a poll recently on LinkedIn to do with email automation just to see what the market 
felt and their um, attitude towards email automation. And actually 59% said that email automation was awesome. Um, but there are still those people who perhaps haven't tried it because they don't know where to start, as I mentioned earlier, um, or have tried it, perhaps haven't given it enough time. Because I think um, people may put an email campaign out, um, play, maybe have like three or four sequences and send it out to say 20 people and then they just roll it out because it didn't bring the results that they wanted. So um, I do think there's a lot of patience and investment that's needed at the beginning. But once you start seeing the benefits um, in terms of clawing back that time, but also the um, the actual uh, journey of a prospective candidate or client getting booked into your diary is, is shortened dramatically. So the speed of that, um, I think, is a, a, an amazing ROI and motivation to keep persevering with um, email automation specifically. Yeah, definitely. And in fact, like, look, email uh, or any type of automation is just like any other strategy or system that you want to implement with your business. Um, it absolutely does work if you do it the right way. And we'll share some tips on do's and don'ts in a, in a minute, but uh, we give our clients the complete playbook on how to leverage automation successfully. But don't just you know uh, try it, uh, dip your toe in the water, and then make a judgment that oh this doesn't work, or you know I guess automation isn't going to work in my market or with my you know in my industry or whatever. Uh, that is just not the case. You need to A, do it properly, give it long enough, and test and tweak your messaging with sufficient volume of, um, you know, of emails going out to find the way to make it work. Uh, and we can certainly shortcut that process. One thing which we, we've, we sort of skipped over is to give specific examples of what to automate. So there's... Yeah tons of things you could automate in your business but i guess the i guess word of warning is don't be going down the rabbit hole and and just researching various different tools and you know i guess it's kind of shiny object syndrome that all of right. us would suffer from so yeah word of warning <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like you there's so many tools and platforms and things out there that you can get uh, sucked into but i would say the three top things that our clients automate straight away. Well, like in the first 30 days of working with new clients, we get them to uh, improve their tech stack and get that absolutely sorted. But the three key things are number one, uh, candidate outreach. So again, not completely automate, not replace the telephone, but allow you to reach more candidates more effectively and faster, fill jobs faster, right? So candidate outreach and also then client outreach, business development, lead generation. Uh, so those would be uh, two examples of ways of leveraging automation. And it could be, well, it definitely will involve email automation. It might involve LinkedIn automation, although there's pros and cons to doing it that way. Um, but it will certainly involve email automation. And that's on, so those are both, I would say, lead generation, either client, candidate or client. But then we've also got the lead nurture side of things. So let me ask our audience a question. Do you have a consistent um, nurture process for all of the clients and candidates in your database? Are you following up with them uh, 
regularly and just keeping in constant contact with the people who you've already been in touch with in the past. They might be past clients. They might be clients you've worked with, but maybe didn't actually um, place with. They might be people you've had conversations with, but haven't actually done work for. And same on the candidate side. They may be candidates that you, good people who you've spoken to, but you haven't placed, or maybe even the people you have placed. Are you staying top of mind with your network so that they never, ever forget you? And you are the first person they think of either when they are looking to grow their team and they need the support of a good specialist recruiter, or they are looking for their next career move. Are you the first person that they reach out to? Because this, if not, you are like you're sitting on a gold mine. All of those contacts and the network you've built over the years, like I don't know how many years you've been in recruitment, whether it's one year, five years, 20 years, 30 years. We have some clients who've been in, in the business more than 30 years. Um, think about all of the people in your network and are you keeping in regular touch with them? Yeah, Thoughts it's just keeping keeping top of mind and just being um, really aware that those touch points are so crucial when um, somebody perhaps is looking to hire. And even if you've got such a strong client relationship with existing clients as well or previous clients like you were saying, they might not pick up the phone and call you directly to tell you about a role that, that's live now. You need to make sure that you're at the forefront by um, implementing these nurturing campaigns and these touch points. Absolutely. Don't assume they're going to remember you from three months ago or three years ago, right? If you're not in their face to some extent and giving value and insight um, as well as promoting your services, then, you know, the job might just go to the next recruiter who happens to contact them on that uh, on that day. So we've talked about the benefits of automation and some of the ways in which it could be used. The ultimate thing here is that you don't have to have this all figured out. I think that's sometimes um, the reason that people are reluctant to take the, uh, the first step into automation because they feel like they really need to understand it all. And sometimes, you know, like most things that we uh, teach, it's putting pen to paper and figuring out what your existing recruitment process is and starting from there. So figuring out what are the repetitive processes, what are the manual processes that I'm doing over and over. Um, to then identify, actually, could I leverage automation in that aspect? Is there something out there that could help me um, utilize and, and be more efficient and effective with my time? 100%. So number one, that's a great place to start. In fact, that could be an action that you take away from this episode is write down all the steps in your sales business development process. Number two is write down all the steps in your candidate sourcing and recruiting process and just look at which of those steps could you leverage automation. Um, number two is we do want you to personalize these messages. And I mean, minimum would be using the candidate's name, of course, but you can take it much further than that. Like this is not, what I want people to understand is this is not an email broadcast. Okay. This is not like you're sending an email to, you know, 50 or 500 or a thousand people or 20,000 people at the push of a button. These are, um, smaller, highly targeted campaigns that look and feel to the recipient exactly 
like a one-to-one message. So they have to be highly personalized. And you could even take that further. And if you want to personalize at scale, you could write a personalized first line to an email campaign. So you set up a multi-step email campaign, but the very first email, and of course they're templated, but they're very targeted and tuned into the exact terminology and language of your marketplace showing that you understand their pain points, you understand you know, uh, their goals, you understand the trends, challenges uh, in their industry that they're facing. And, um, and so that they feel it's relevant, you could just write one personal line to show that you have actually looked at their LinkedIn profile or their website, and you've done some research about their business, and just make one uh, sentence uh, referencing that research that you've done, which potentially could elevate the impact of your email and the response. Um, do you have any more tips for uh, the do's column, Leanne? Yeah, I do. Just um, to reiterate the point that this isn't emailing the masses. It's not perhaps um, the spam mail that you receive. So I think that's where it comes from and stems from these sort of negative connotations is you've been on the other side of a mass mail before. So this is what we want to reiterate here is that personalization and I guess people might be questioning, well, if I'm personalizing, does that mean that actually it's back to a manual process? And what we're saying is an element of the automation process is still you having some input or your virtual assistant, but actually the overall picture is it will save you time in the long run because of the follow-up emails that there's just no way that you'd be able to keep on top of that if you were doing that manually. Absolutely. That's well said. And <clears throat> so let's go to the the don'ts uh, column because you've you've already alluded to it. I think the thing that puts people off from really even attempting this is they've seen so many examples or maybe they've received examples of automation done badly. And they that's what they associate with email or LinkedIn automation is where uh, it's just it's just bad, right? Like either it's obvious that it's automated or it's not relevant to them. And the person sending it obviously hasn't even looked at their LinkedIn profile prior to sending the message. And that's a dead giveaway, right? That this is automated. If the content of your message is in no way relevant to the, to the recipient and they haven't just taken that time. So I think um, in terms of the don'ts, don't rely completely on automation and uh, get carried away with it to the point that it loses uh, the effectiveness and the impression of being a, a, a personal communication from you to the recipient. So one example or one uh, important uh, don't is do not send these messages out without first looking at your list, the recipient's uh, LinkedIn profile, and confirming that this is in fact a relevant target candidate or client. Because, and yes, that takes a little bit of extra time and you can train a virtual assistant to do a really great job of discerning who are your avatar clients and, and ideal prospects and who are not. But at least in the beginning, and maybe forever, you might wanna just keep this oversight 
of checking those lists and making sure they're going to the right people because the time, yes, that's going to take a little bit of time, but the time you spend making sure that the you're targeting the right prospects at the front end is going to massively save you time later on. Uh, maybe having conversations with candidates who you can't help, for example. So, you know, the the targeting is so key to the success of of this uh, effort. Yeah. Um, and go ahead. Maybe. It- like, just don't worry that you feel that perhaps if we're suggesting like a three follow-up sequence to an email is a lot. Um, I wouldn't worry about this. Um, you know, you know yourself when you're looking through emails, you're finding every reason to rule um, an email out so you can quickly delete it and clear your inbox. So I guess what we need to reiterate here is that, you know, it may be the case that somebody sees your first email, great. And obviously we're wanting to um, encourage that response from the get-go. But if you perhaps feel that two, three, four emails as a follow-up is, is too much, we have seen, you know, we've seen obviously the opposite in terms of the results that we've seen in the in the group. Um, exactly. So I think the mistake there is um, not following up enough and giving up too soon, like maybe just sending one email uh, because you don't want to bother people or you don't, you're worried about being um, them getting annoyed. The reality is the opposite. Like you are leaving money on the table if you're not sending at least three messages regarding a specific opportunity or to introduce yourself to a client. And we have seen examples of people getting a really positive response from five, six or more uh, follow-up messages. Um, and we have the stats to prove it. Like on the automation platforms we use, it shows you what is the percentage response to email number one, email number two, email number three, and so on. And you can see that if people had just stopped after one or two emails, they would have missed half of the responses and failed to connect with that particular client or that particular candidate, which would just be such a shame. You would have, the candidate would have missed out on that opportunity and you would have missed out on the, on the placement potentially just by not being persistent enough. Um, another mistake, and this has to do with the, the, the personalization is, and a giveaway that this is automated is you, you and or your team member, your assistant have not visually looked at the data points in your data set, like, you know, the, the, the fields or the columns in your spreadsheet. So first name, last name, company name, and so on, and made sure that they're natural and there's no anomalies there. So for example, if you've uh, gathered this data from LinkedIn, often people have special characters like emojis in their name or their job title, for example, or they might have, instead of a job title, they might have a professional headline, like helping recruiters to maximize their billings, right? Is could be some, something I might have. Now, if someone sends me an email and says, hi, Mark, um, you know, looking at your role as, you know, uh, your your role as director at helping recruiters to increase their billings, that's obvious that they've just taken the exact wording from my LinkedIn profile and stuck it into a merge field, right? Or if someone had written, my full company name is Breakthrough Coaching Limited. But you would never write an email to someone and say, you know, 
we would love to introduce our services to Breakthrough Coaching Limited. It just doesn't, it's not natural. So you or your VA need to clean up that spreadsheet and you would just abbreviate it, right? To Breakthrough or Breakthrough Coaching. You wouldn't put the limited in there in a merge field. You want to make sure the job title is correct. You want to make sure that people's, uh, that there's no emojis in you know, whatever you're sending out to people. So that's just a little thing. This is like a nuance, right? But it's the make or break factor to, to whether someone responds to your email or whether they, you know, uh, put you in the bucket with all the spammers. Leanne, any other big no-nos that you, you've, you've seen? seen? Um, just what I mentioned before, and to reiterate mm. again, don't go down the rabbit hole. There are so many tools and platforms out there that will sell you the world in terms of what they can do. Um, and, you know, do your homework, absolutely invest the time in um, jumping on a call and doing a demo with um, somebody. And I guess the beauty of being part of our recruitment community is we have a member tool directory, we regularly compare and share ideas about tools. So, we're not led to get down the garden path and, you know, negotiation on costs is always spoken about. But just make sure you're doing your homework and you're not um, wasting your time on tools that perhaps aren't going to be effective for your business. Absolutely. That's a great one. I'll just give people one more uh, tip and then uh, we've got a couple of announcements for you guys. So first of all, um, final tip in terms of creating the feel that this is a personal one-to-one -one message between you and the recipient is write for an audience of one. Do not write your message as if you're speaking to a group. So even if this message is going out to 500 people, the recipient should feel that you're writing only to them. So what, what I suggest is when you're writing the message, imagine one person, imagine maybe your best client or uh, one specific prospect or one specific candidate that you're writing this message to, and just make sure that your language is appropriate to writing to one person and that you're not addressing a whole group. So listen, Leanne, what are we talking about next, uh, next episode? So next week, we're going to be discussing mistake number six, which is not posting original content on LinkedIn. Now, we are huge advocates for posting original content on LinkedIn. We have now got a bit of an accountability group happening within our um, membership and our um, Inner Circle Recruitment Coaching Program. Um, we have implemented this into our High Altitude Training, which is our onboarding program um, on how to produce content, the ideas, and also just a, a really um, finesse strategy now that we've rolled out. So we'll be discussing um, some tips and tricks and hacks next week. I am really looking forward to that. As you know, this is a topic we're both passionate about. And by the way, be sure to, if you're not already connected to and or following both me and Leanne, then jump on LinkedIn, send us a connection request or click the follow button because you'll see examples of our content, but you'll see also the people that we're liking and commenting on who are our members and you'll see examples of what they're posting. That'll just give you a little flavor of what we're doing within our group, but it's a topic that we are true believers in. Um, which which has ahead. resulted in candidate and client placement. So we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, like there's a there's a, a measurable ROI of LinkedIn posting, and we'll be able to share examples of that uh, in due course. So we have our final cohort of the year starting our uh, 
high altitude training and joining our inner circle coaching program on November 28th. So if you are at all interested in learning more about what we do in our coaching program, how it works and how it, whether it might be a fit for you, then book a strategy call with us. It's recruitmentcoach.com forward slash breakthrough. And you will get on a call with either me or Leanne or the actual person you'll meet on that call. We'll find out more about your business, what your goals are, uh, what your challenges are. And we will help you on that call to uh, outline a roadmap for how you can achieve your goals and remove those roadblocks. And then if you're interested in our coaching and we believe we can help you, then we can spend a bit of time talking about what that would look like. If you're not quite ready to jump on a call with us yet, then the other free resource that we would encourage you to check out is our masterclass called The Six Pillars of a Seven-Figure Recruitment Business. So on that webinar, me and Leanne outline our whole framework and give you some actionable insights that you can implement straight away to increase your billings. And uh, to check out that free masterclass, it's recruitmentcoach.com forward slash webinar. Go and check that out. It's a, available on demand right now. So you just fill out the, op, uh, the opt-in form and you'll be able to watch it right away. You could be watching that today. Leanne, that was fun. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. See you guys next, uh, next time. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. I know how busy recruiters are, so I'm honored that you're investing this time with me each week. I don't take your attention for granted. That's why I'm going all out to deliver value for you here, real insights you can apply to improve your business. And if you really wanna help me to reach a wider audience and impact more people, please consider leaving the show a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave me a review, please reach out and let me know so I can thank you personally. Please hit the subscribe button and I'll see you next time.